The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it, midweek editions here at Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel can always find us on the stream, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Uh, give Elijah a follow at uh, Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and me, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore Radio. We have things to discuss as the final tune-up for Nebraska on. Uh, Saturday against Louisiana Tech before it gets real with Michigan and beyond. We'll dive into it here in a little bit. Mike Babcock with us in 15 minutes. Uh, We'll check in with uh, Babbers, his thoughts on Nebraska as we uh, don't know that we'll hear tomorrow from Coach Rule where he's leaning quarterback-wise, but uh, at least they'll put to bed uh, most of the week of practice. I know Nebraska will go with more of a, uh, uh, you know, get them ready for Saturday type practice, Friday versus the walkthrough Thursday. Evan Bland with us in Hour 2 from the Omaha World Herald, and then we will dive into the Nick Chubb injury with Dr. Brandon Seifert with Nebraska Orthopedic, and uh, a jock doc is forthcoming. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240, or 800 800- 825-5865. Email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So, off-topic question, but it does relate to football. And there is an unfortunate incident with a Buffalo Bills fan uh, as this fan got tailgating uh, the, the wrong way. Uh, he got covered in some stuff that you don't want to get covered in and woke up and missed the game. I think I've got the gist of that story. Did you see or hear about this? No. Yeah. Well, oh, Bill's fan had um, too much to drink, uh, could not take care of his bodily functions. Okay, I'll and, Right? I'll and, and he woke up and the, the game was over. This, I think, goes back to week one. I just kind of scanned the story. Um, and you're getting your sea legs, and many of you are experts with tailgating. Don't forget, we're at the single barrel tomorrow, 4 to 6 in Lincoln. Come see us there. The Hurt at Sports Bar and Grill Friday, uh, back at the single barrel Saturday noon to 2, so just for your calendar. But my wife has suffered a tailgate injury. You're looking at me kind of like, where's he going with I'm this? I'm very curious as to where you're going. Oh, dude, this is brutal. So, long and short of it, Mama Bear, the bunny, uh, is her nickname. And her friend Dora and Boots, we're going to keep official names out of this. But they all went down and they tailgated. They popped in. They said, what's up, for the, uh, the road show Saturday as we were at the single barrel. And then they went and tailgated. They went to a couple of different lots hung out with some friends, and there is all sorts of just nasty bugs flying around. And those those damn black little pirate bugs bit my wife. 
and it flew inside her shirt. <laughs> I can't make this up. It flew inside her shirt. It didn't bite her once or twice, but it got the trifecta in a region. And for the life of me, I still get evil looks. I'm asking if she's doing okay. <laughs> so are you doing okay, sweetie? So there's a, a tailgate injury in the Schmidt household. You, what, what, are those bites itchy? Like They are, are large. They? they look like an extra nipple. They are huge. Okay. But there's like three of them in a region. Mm-hmm. If I get two more graphic, I won't come back to work tomorrow because she will have buried me in the backyard. You didn't hit her with the with the honey. Let me let me rub some medication on there for you. <laughs> you ask me to rub your back when you're sunburned, right? <laughs> so I, I I did ask her today how she's doing and if she needs some help. And and that the uh, I I cannot repeat what she said, but it was it was sweet in her own little tone. Mm. So there's a tailgate. You have buddies that are are I, getting I, into it. It was game one of the season last year. You're getting your tailgating sea legs. Maybe the grill's too hot. Maybe you forgot to use the oven mitt. Maybe there was too many things consumed and you tripped over a bumper. You, you got to get into mid-season form out of the gate. This was not her fault when it comes to said tailgate injury. She got she got bit right side, and the bug couldn't get free from her little Husker jersey, and I think it flew in through the armpit, and and then I think she smashed it, but it had bit three it inflicted times. Damage already, it, it, yeah. it inflicted damage. Yeah, I mean there needs to be some ointment on that, but yeah. She has not asked my help. She's a she's a medical professional, so she's telling the radio boy to stick with radio. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, a friend of mine. I can't remember if I've told this story on the Babbers is just not. blinking at me, going, "Why would you talk about your wife that way, Schmidt?" Well, <laughs> no. I, I'm going to get into one. I know, I know, this individual listens to this show, so mm-hmm. he's going to remain nameless. I don't want to embarrass him, but there was a a Husker Saturday where the game wrapped up. And we go out to uh, a friend's acreage. We go do some camping out there. And this just reminds me of the Buffalo Bills fan where we, we had a few. Tailgate injuries are a real thing. Yeah, and this was more of a camping injury, but it was on a Husker game day. So I'm going to roll with it. And it really reminds me of the Bills fan story because we had a few. And everyone retires off to bed. Um, this, this individual in the middle of the night had to go. It had to, mm-hmm. had to urinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they thought they had the tent flap open to oh, just no. go out the flap of the tent. That is an injury, especially if there's you know oh, no, a it, beating that follows with the rest of the tent mates. Yeah, no, this was not one person waking up to bodily fluids covering them following a night of drinking. This was an entire tent full of people waking oh, up to... Because somebody <laughs> just forgot to open the tent flap. Why don't you... Listen, if you're going to go camping, it's a rule. You, I don't care what the temperature is. You get outside... And you go. You don't just mail it in from your knees and 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 just open the flap. Well, even of after, the tent. even after a, a night of fireball. No, <laughs> there are rules. We'll take some of your calls. Uh, tailgate injuries. You want to submit some on the stream? Uh, Brandon says I've suffered a tailgate migraine. Um, yeah. 
And that can happen when you get 4,000 degrees and it gets a little warm. I had college buddies that missed an entire half of the uh, Nebraska Southern Miss game in 99 because it was 1,000 degrees and they, they had the wrong type of, of, of fluids going. Uh, Brennan saying, yes, hangover. I, I, I absolutely get the migraine thing going. But we'll dive into some football. We do have a, a football topic we will get to, I promise. So ask your question and give me your answer with uh, Nebraska football. What is real right now about Nebraska football? What's a mirage? As you've seen this football team through three ball games. Who's on the line? We have Random Mike. Random Mike. Mike, thanks for calling. Go for it. Chris, I've been a fan for a long time now. Appreciate you. I'm told you sounded like this when you were like five years old. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, I sound like my, bless his soul, I sound a lot like my dad did. So It's the perfect sports guy radio voice. That's right. There's no, there's no lit cigarette, there's no oxygen tank, there's no whiskey bottle. It's just, I, I, I'm lucky to sound this way. I'm thankful for it. Uh, I am, I'll tell you what I'm really excited about. And, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. We are shorthanded with running backs. We're shorthanded with receivers. But we got two big, strong, fast guys that can run and throw. And uh, and I'm hearing from people that know more about football that that they're not averse to playing both quarterbacks. And even at the same time, and I thought we should have done this when we had Crouch and Newcomb, where you get them both kind of in the backfield, and you got two guys there that can scramble and throw. And if you're a defense, that's hell to try to cover that. I, I don't disagree. Now, I think you'll side with me that Nukem moving to wingback, uh, while not used like he was his freshman year, was still, you know, a big shot guy where, where Crouch had hit him downfield. He kind of won the Colorado game for Nebraska in that two-minute drill, if you remember. And then sure. Nukem also got Nebraska up off the mat with the, the game-winning punt return against Kansas in 99 after that hangover loss to Texas, okay? So, Newcomb did a ton. And I think both of these guys can do things, and you've already seen Harburg do it, right? You've seen him play H-back, catch the football. I, I think you could absolutely do it. I think Harburg is maybe a little more sturdy for – day-to-day plays, and if you're going to ask one of the two to block, right, Harburg's done that or shows the ability from a size-wise standpoint. Not that not that Sims isn't a big dude or a tough dude, but Harburg's played H-back briefly, right? So I think you could do that. I uh, I, I think there, everything's on the table right now if you're in Nebraska exactly. and, and you can't, exactly. and you can't it's limit gonna be, it. It's going to be fun to watch. I hope it's fun to watch. And what I mean by that is you just can't keep having turnovers. No. Whoever, whoever's a quarterback. Whoever turns over is gone. I mean. Well, there's a little more more uh, tape on, on Sims with the turnover issue and decision-making at quarterback. I think you'll see Sims. You need to see Harburg. You need to see them both. And you need to see them both on the field. If Sims is your guy, let Harburg be one of your options in that H-back, catching the football, running with the football, that slash roll. And if you can put a package together, if Harburg's quarterbacking and you think Sims has the ability to catch the football or, or stretch a field, 
Try it out. I mean, who knows what's going on in practice this well, week? Well, as of right now, your best deep threat's Tommy Hill. Could that be Jeff Sims? Uh, who knows? Mike, thanks for the phone call, bud. You got it. Appreciate you, man. Good to hear from him. And I like Mike uh, going, leading off, saying how great your voice is for Sports Talk Radio, because it is perfect. <laughs> and I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, how different would your career been if you would have been narrating audiobooks? Like, imagine... Fifty Shades of Grey narrated by Chris Schmidt. Man, that's 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 <laughs> intense right now. That that puts nobody in the mood. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, we're asking the question: What's real? What's a mirage? Uh, uh, Q McMoo is, I guess, how I'm going to say it. Chimes in. Defense is real. Um, that uh, gosh, I need glasses. Uh, that side of the ball doesn't seem to have a weakness, unfortunately. Play calling uh, on the offensive side is a mirage. Too much trying to be too clever without the pieces to make it work. You know, that was a criticism. Thanks for the input there on the stream. Yeah, if the reverse worked with Tommy Hill, great. It didn't. It was second and 15 from your four. You got cute on first down. You've used Tommy Hill to go deep. Tough, tough catch, but a catch that could have been made taking the top off, right, for about a 40, 50-yard gain, mm-hmm. and, and Tommy didn't come up with it. Yeah. Uh, so, listen, I hope they keep using Tommy Hill, and I hope Tommy Hill can be making some plays. My, my quick rundown on what's real with this Nebraska football game through three games, first and foremost is the staff. Okay? You've got attention to detail. You've got guys that are – about every minute possibility. You've got organization. You have development. You've seen guys. That's real. Also, it kind of falls under the staff part. What my takeaway is through three games, their their coaching and development's good, and I agree that the defense is real. Uh, Is the defense going to be perfect? Is the defense not going to get gouged by a, a Michigan Possible. Michigan's going to do that to a lot of teams potentially this year. Iowa could do that to some teams if their offense, 41 points, travels. Uh, you, you have games on the schedule that you won't win. You're just not better than offense, defense, special teams. I also think, and I'm ready to say this, I think Fedoni as a go-to playmaker is is real. He's just going to keep getting better. Already has two touchdowns. Love his catch radius. I like his mentality. And I also think Sims' turnover problems is very real. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think while there's some good and you hope he's ready to go and has a great performance, if you're a Nebraska fan, push comes to shove, I'm betting money that there'll still be turnover problems based on his history. That's just that's just my quick take. I think what might be a mirage right now is your run game. 200 yards the first three games. Can this offensive line and the running back room, led by Anthony Grant, do that against the Michigans of the world? So that's where I'm at right now with real or a mirage. Mm-hmm. Another thing I want to add to the, the real list is this team's commitment to physicality. That's not that's yes. not real Good through take. the first three games. The commitment to physicality. This is a more physical football team than we've seen over the past couple of years, and I'd argue that this team has been more physical than the first three opponents on their schedule. Well, that 
still remain true whenever Michigan's in town. Who well, knows? But I can guarantee you that team is going to play physical against Michigan. I'm not going to guarantee that they're going to get out physical Michigan, but that commitment to physicality has been very real thus far. This no, time. you nailed it. That's that's a big miss by me. But no, physicality absolutely is real. We'll get Babber's take on this. What's real? What's a mirage with Nebraska football right now through three games? Maybe Babbers has a story of a tailgate injury. He didn't do much tailgating because he's been covering Nebraska football for four decades and been awesome at it. But we'll spend time with Mr. Husker Football. Mike Babcock's on the way at MD Babs on Twitter's where you follow him. Wednesday edition moves forward. It's Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio with you on Wednesday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. More of your comments in the stream. Open phones for you till 5. Evan Bland with us here. Big thanks to Mike Babcock. Get his newsletter with Hale Varsity. Mike B. at HerdAtSports.com. Just to remind you again, it's awesome to get his uh, commentary and historical perspective. We'll get to some of your comments in the stream. 489 1240 825 5865. Greg says the defense and development are real with Nebraska football. What's the mirage? And that's the topic here. Hour one, real or a mirage with with Nebraska football through three games. Greg's like, look, 35 points. <laughs> that's a mirage for Nebraska football moving forward. I think they can put up enough points, control the ball Saturday, Elijah. You know, 35, 40, upper 20s, that's fine. Nebraska wasn't really doing that. They haven't done that since they moved to the Big Ten post-Bow. They just haven't. Post-Tim Beck, they've not put up more than 22 to 24 points a game in Big Ten play. They were good for a solid 30 to 35 with Beck and Team Magic and Amir and all those guys that really ran that offense well, coupled with a really good offensive line. But it's been tough sledding, which it's tough sledding for about everybody in the Big Ten offensively. So, uh, yeah, you have um, Cutter that chimed in, and I think he's right here. You mentioned physicality. I love the development from a recruiting standpoint, right? So far, so good when you look at a Cam Lenhart, right? Cam Lenhart's a guy that the staff was able to keep, and he's... He's played well. It's just one guy. But what else is possible with this staff? Now, you can go the other side of it with with portal evaluation. How many guys have thrived from the portal that have made their way? And and that's a case-by-case situation, but you're waiting for a, a breakout, aren't you, from an MJ Sherman? You're waiting for a breakout in a good way, from a, for, for a Sims. Mm-hmm. And I think, to be fair, uh, you know, what you got with, with Kemp, Kemp's coming along. They're, they're, they're finding ways to get him the ball and target him. He played well against Colorado, got into the end zone. So he's that twitch guy in the slot that you got to be able to, to use along with Fedoni. So jury's still out on some of the portal editions. Most of the portal editions, I'd argue. That's very fair. Uh, Mirage, uh, Cutter says, is the O-line still way behind where they should be? 
Listen, and, and I disagree with that. And I just, I just think you're you're working with what you got, and I'm going to leave it there. I don't think the Mirage is an offensive line because I don't think anyone is Ben Hart better. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm, ge- I'm okay. getting there. I'm getting there. The development of the offensive line from last year to this year, I think, is real. I think you've seen Good guys take. get better. Agreed. Ben Hart, I mean, the one exception being Corcoran, but I don't think the offensive line as a whole is a mirage. I don't think it's legit either. I, I think what we heard all offseason long was this offseason, this offensive line can be one of the strengths of the team. If that's the lens you're looking at it through, then yeah, sure, the offensive line's a mirage. I don't think they're one of the strengths of the team. I still think they're the, the weak point uh, for the most part of that entire team, aside from maybe the turnovers with Jeff Sims. But I don't think they're a mirage because I think we all have pretty clear eyes whenever we see this offensive line. I don't think any of us have hopped on a post-game show or I don't think you or I have hopped on this radio show and said, you know what, this offensive line, they're great. They're one of the best in the Big Ten. It's, it's not a mirage in that way. I don't think they're where the offensive line needs to be moving forward for what you need from a Husker football team in the right. way that this offense wants to operate in the long term. They're not there yet, but I don't think I'm prepared to call them a mirage because we've been we've been hard on them. We've been critical of the offensive line. We've been line. fair. We've not been evil or mean-spirited. We've been very fair been, about— Yeah, critical in a fair way. Yeah, because yeah. like, I think we can say, look, Ben Hart's better. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think we've said Lutoski's been pretty good. And I think we've been fair about the offensive line, the left side of it, needing to step their game up. And I think you could see that when Teddy P's healthy and ready to go. But there's a major difference with him there, presumably, than what you've got there now. And there's a domino effect, I would assume, on the line, where guys are trying to cover cover up and cover spots. That's why they've gone with uh, some of those jumbo packages where they've, they've brought in extra help. Kirk chimes in in the stream. Let's get this up there. I really want to see the wide receivers blocking downfield and use the heck out of tight ends in the pass game. I mean, you've seen Fedoni, his role grow. You've seen Borkature, uh the first game, get a couple of grabs uh, against Minnesota. So I think the tight ends are not only a, a convenient option for a passing game you're not really super confident in that's one position where you should have a matchup issue and from a route standpoint just get him the football out in the flat or get him the football eight ten yards downfield uh and and let it work that way but listen i i think the passing game is just going to be what it is, and that is, it's you're not going to be able to win games if you if you're forced to throw, and you may not even be able to get your running game going because you can't throw consistently. We we've got to see that on Saturdays from who's ever quarterbacking. Now, Rule did say this on his radio show last night, so I'm going to bring this up, Kirk. Nebraska averaged what was it, one and a half knockdowns per play. Elaborate on that. Okay, so every play... I think I missed this. Okay, no, this was good. And this this goes back to to Nebraska and, and Ron Brown. Ron Brown and Coach Osborne were like, all right, every play that's a run play or even a pass play when it comes to blocking, you saw the, the love that Piper got with his pancake. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a pancake a, slash a knockdown. knockdown. So on every play... The, the glory teams of Nebraska, the really good lines of scrimmage teams, or the receiving crew with the Corey Dixons of the world, the Abdul Muhammads, they would average a one and a half 
knockdowns per play. So almost two guys got to uh, their back got to meet the turf per play. And if Nebraska can do that moving forward, that means you're you're decleating somebody. Huh. And that that eleven on eleven turns into eleven on nine. Right? Does Ben Scott's knockdown? Count the one he was flagged on. Does, it, does that one count? I, I from like the semantics. I like the effort and the attitude. <laughs> hey, the the refs were late with their whistle. I like a guy playing through the whistle, but you still get flagged for it. That's what I wondered. Does that get a, a check mark on the the box from the coaching staff or not? Well, uh, let's clarify Cutter's comment here. I don't disagree, Elijah. I agree with you in the sense I was saying that the mirage, because of how much the coaching staff has talked them up. They uh, have improved, but it's not what you expected. That's, I think we're all kind of there, right? They're better, but they're better from what was really bad a season ago when it comes to pass protection in an offense that was calling 45 pass attempts a game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I can understand. That's why I brought that up. They're, they're not the strength of the offense just yet. And if you thought they were going to be from what the coaching staff said this offseason, I, I can understand that. And maybe we'll get into this next segment. I actually think... The defensive line is a lot more of a mirage thus far this year than what the offensive line has been. And we're up against a break, so I'm not going to be able to elaborate on that. Tell me a little more. Yeah, we'll get into that after the break. All right. Numbers uh, to get in, 489-1240-800-825-5865. can email chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, what's real, what's a mirage so far with Nebraska football? Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you here. On Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hail Varsity Radio. You can stream the show, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Give us a follow on the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. And as always, podca- podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play is where you go to uh, to get the show uh, audio-wise. So, Elijah, let's reset and then expand here. We're talking real or a mirage. We'll get to Evan Bland in about 10 minutes. And uh, you were going to give us something on the defensive line. Are you buying? Or is the D-line real from what you've seen? Or is it a mirage to you? It leans more mirage to me. I really? Think, I think there's oh, talent there. Man. Don't get me wrong. Okay. All right. Don't get me wrong. I think Nebraska's got a solid couple of guys in that defensive line. I think more how prepared and ready to go these freshmen are is a bit of a mirage. I, I think you have the guys like Ty and the guys like Nash. They're a load. And I, I think whenever the freshmen get in and, and snaps after that, makes your job just a little bit easier whenever you've – you know, been beaten down by Ty Robinson and Nash Hutmacher for the entire first quarter. Now you get your drive. But whenever I look at the offensive lines that Nebraska has faced to start the year, not a single one of them has impressed me. And very realistically, there's a chance that that's just because Nebraska's defensive line is that good. But Minnesota, the, the talking point headed into that game against Nebraska was they're going to sling the ball around a little bit more this year because they don't quite like what they have on their offensive line. They haven't been able to find a solid five. I, I think Minnesota, because of their quarterback – Listen, he had to throw both quarterbacks had to throw 44 times because nothing was happening run guy run game wise and nothing was happening up the middle run game wise and there was no edge to to get outside on. I mean, Nebraska's front 
six or seven or however you want to term it in the three three. We'll call it the front seven. Listen, uh, the 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 thing that's been unique about Nebraska, and I'll say they're real. I think that the role that the young kids have had, and that's go in there and beat the hell out of the quarterback uh, on third down, like a Lenhard or a Princewell um, or a Butler. Okay, those guys have all come in and done well. I think the I think it's very real with Nash Hutmacher and his agility. His strength's always been there, but the guy can move, and he's chasing people down. Uh, same with Ty. I mean, Ty, both those guys is a one-two punch. They're, they're real, and I think the, the young guys that come in behind him, they're not being asked right now to, to carry anything. They're, they're being asked to compliment. And even when, when Ty was done in the second half uh, of, of that Minnesota game, Nebraska's – listen, Nebraska's defensive line didn't really falter. Uh, secondary had a couple of missteps. Offense put him in bad spots. But, I, I mean, I think the, the defensive line's very real. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think you have faced a team that has enough trust in their offensive line to go body blows against Nebraska just yet. And there are teams on the schedule coming up that I think Husker fans might – Get a, a little dose for you. I'm not saying it's we'll, going to be we'll, as we'll bad. Know, we'll know real in two weeks. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll, we'll know very much next two in the next three weeks. Because Illinois, I mean, their, their game plan is going to be trying to run it down your throat as well. We, we haven't seen Nebraska's defensive line stand up to that. Maybe they are real. Maybe that's going to be the proof that I need. But I haven't seen an offensive line that I think has truly tested this Nebraska's defensive line in terms of what they can do running the The football. thing that, that will screw Nebraska football this season, if it doesn't get turned around, isn't going to be the defense. It's going to be the offense and what it doesn't do or what position it puts the D in.